three, three, two, two, one. one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only, Asher, Asher Chua. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, loud and clear. Awesome. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it has been pretty well, um, despite the whole allergies. I've been fighting allergies like crazy, but gotcha. happy to happy to be here and alive. That's good. <laughs> The pollen's getting to you a little bit. Yes, it is. Definitely. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I, I guess that's one thing I always have to be mindful of during this time of uh, the springtime. I guess the pollen, at least in Georgia, it's uh, all over the place. But I'm, yeah. I'm grateful that I don't have to deal with that just yet. But I, I feel your pain. All right. I empathize. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thank you for, for joining me today. I, I really appreciate this because I know in wanting to start a podcast and joining Breathe University, I believe that's how I first saw you. Um, mm-hmm. I came across your podcast and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like yeah. <laughs> different people are out here having conversations about things they like. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I could maybe speak with you. And yeah. you said yes. So here we are. Yes. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm always open to help guide and just be resourceful. That should be my middle name. Resourceful. <laughs> I love being resourceful for other people. So yeah. Nice. So uh, I guess one way I've been starting things off, I always like to ask the question, who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? I am... Ooh, that's a good question. Who do I say I am? I am Carla Broadnax. Carla Ogletree Broadnax is now what I, I add to my name since losing my dad. He didn't have any sons, but that name uh, Ogletree. Um, and that definitely signifies um, who I am. That name means so much. It's like confidence, um, which is why I'm wearing one of our <laughs> BU uh, friends with uh, I Wear Me oh, is the name of her company. Nice. Yeah, this is I was thinking about her this morning. I was just like, I I had somebody else's shirt on earlier and I was like, Uh I'll just put on this one. It's like, if somebody asks what I'm wearing, I'm just like, I'm wearing me. (laughs) There you go. I wear me. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I'm someone that is, like I said, resourceful, uh, confident, um, and knows what she wants. I used to be very undecisive about things. Hmm. Now I'm decisive. Like I know what I want. I know what lane I'm going to stay in. Um, I know what works for Carla and what doesn't. And I have boundaries. Um, So boundaries are a big thing too. So um, that's pretty much who I am. There's so much more, but um, definitely confident um, in this new era of life. You've got to have that. You've got to have that. 100%. Yeah. it's funny. I, I like how you you kind of set set that up because, um, like, of course, mentioning I wear me and bringing up confidence and boundaries. I feel like those are definitely the game changers of things that have helped me out, along with gratitude, of course. But yes. um, how, like, when when was it that you accepted this this version of yourself? Well, I I accepted it a long time ago. Um, so I'm a transplant from Los Angeles, California. I'm here in the Midwest now. Been okay. here for about 20 plus years. I've always honed the confidence because in high school, people will come to me and say, Carla, can you help me with this? Carla, can you help me with this? 
And I would be so afraid with my advice because, you know, I'm only 16, 17 years old, but you guys are confiding in me. Where is this coming from? Why do people feel so obliged to share a lot of deep information with me and and hope to get a a good response on how to handle that situation? Um, And that that became that actually blossomed into how I got here. I dropped out of D1 University. Mm-hmm. I uh, decided to travel the states, 10 different states. And, you know, and I did that fearlessly. I right. just I just did it. I knew what I wanted. Um, so when I did that, uh, that's when I'm like, wow, you, you are a goat. You know, you can handle a lot of things. And you, and, you know, sometimes you are afraid and you're scared, but you don't show it. And people um, enjoy that about you. And so <laughs> I learned to hone that, that confidence I, n- I learned to hone that um, that fearless mindset, even though in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope this works out. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a lot of praying going on in the background that I didn't show to my friends, but um, like, man, this has to work. And so we purchased 10, 10 airline tickets to 10 different states mm. and Kansas City, Missouri was number seven. Gosh. I met my boyfriend, who's now my husband and been here ever since. Mm. So I've always had the gift of, of pushing and going onward and getting what I want. Um, my mom instilled in us at a very young age, you know, she's a single parent raising five children. She always told us that the oppression that we are living in right now, you don't have to have the same type of lifestyle. Like, I want you to do better than me. And so when she said that, I was like, huh, I can be better than you because we look up to our parents, right? You never think to say, oh, I'm going to just be better than you because you're just awful or whatever it is. But she flipped the script and was like, look, this is what I can afford. This is what I am subjective to. And I should have made bigger uh, dreams when I had you all, but I didn't. So don't be subjected to it, right? So right there is where the seed was planted of honing my world, honing what I wanted. Go after what you want uh, fearlessly and unapologetically, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. So that's where it pretty much started. (laughs) I like and that. I'm still I, traveling now, and my kids are always like, "Can we leave the country?" Like, absolutely. You know, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so, I guess when when you said it was when you were 16 and people were coming to you for advice, were these your peers or like older like adults? So no, they were my they were my peers. Uh, one of them in particular, she was in the music industry, and um, she was a traveling songstress. She was traveling everywhere in high school. Um, she was my best friend mm-hmm. and um, she, I was pretty much like her manager and I, I just love structure. I love knowing that, um, you know, building and, and selling and redeeming people. It, it just gives me all the feel. <laughs> And I always said, she was like, so when I become successful, you know, what do you want? Because you're always there. You're very business. You're, you know, you're always straight to the point and you're not afraid of adults. And a lot of kids, you know, that age, you know, we used to be a little afraid of them, but I didn't. I just, mm-hmm. I, they're humans just like us. And it's just the way you communicate. Um, so like I teach my kids, it's okay to, to challenge an adult as long as you're doing it respectively, you know, right. um, it can go off pretty well. Well, so I think that has a lot to do with that confidence at a young age and probably getting out of uh, mischief myself with my parents <laughs> on how to redeem myself and how to stand up for myself uh, on certain matters. So um, I just knew learn how to speak up. Um, and there was a time where I did. I didn't. So 
um, that was the perfect time in my life in high school when people wanted me to, you know, they, they, people, meaning my peers wanted my opinion, um, because they saw, you know, this super imaginable confidence in a 16, 17 year old, you know, it's like, who are you and where are you from? (laughs) I'm I'm right up the street. I'm from the neighborhood, you know? So, um, it's just the seeds that we plant in our, in our kids, they blossom somewhere along their life. And you finally realize, you know what? I am that person. I can do these things um, because it was planted early on. Hmm. So, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and I guess earlier when you were saying that you were transplanted from LA or from, mm-hmm. did you say LA or California? Yeah, LA, Los okay. Angeles, California. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess when you said that, I was thinking you must still have fond memories of it um, even after yeah. 20, 20 years. Absolutely. Gotcha. I'm a through and through California girl. Like I've been here 20 plus years, but I would never call myself a Midwest girl. I'm a West Coast girl. <laughs> My children are, are Midwest children, but I am through and through. I, I love my community. I, I love everything about South Central Los Angeles. I used to hide that. I used to tell people that and I was from different parts of California because I was um, embarrassed sometimes of the backlash or, or what people would probably think of me or say about me because, oh, you come from Los Angeles. So there's a lot of riots. There's this, there's that, gangs and all that. Yeah, we have all of that. Mm-hmm. And I experienced all of that. But you know what? That's what made me. So why should I hide that? Why should I push that under the rug and tell you that I'm from somewhere else? I'm not. Uh, what about the pe- my community that's there? Right. You know, there's kids that are being raised in that community. So if they hear stories from me that I was brought up right in the, in the neighborhood, gang affiliated, all of that, mm-hmm. and they see where I'm at now, like that's that's the that's what it means to for to have a story. You know, people desire to hear stories. They desire to hear where other people come from. We may not think it, but we got to remember that, you know, the person before us, God walked this land sharing parables, sharing mm-hmm. stories. Right. So if it wasn't for his stories, he would never had a following, right? So I right. have to I have to share those stories um with people um that are, you know, didn't grow up like me and mm. others that that did grow up like me because it's who I am. People are like, you went to this wonderful school and you dropped out? Yes, I did. But mm. there was a time I would have never said that because right. I was afraid of what you thought about me. But mm. it's 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 actually the real story people want. People want right. authentic, real stories. And um, I like to be that person, to be authentic. I like that. The mm-hmm. Something, um, I was just talking with a coach of mine yesterday and I guess you'd say coach slash counselor was talking about um, self-image, kind of how I view myself. And Mm -hmm. that's as I'm thinking on what you just said and reflecting on it. One thing I'm understanding, um, I'll be 31 this month. So it's it's been it's been a a trip, (laughs) I guess you would say. (laughs) Yeah, because in um, trying to move forward, the best thing that I found that's been very helpful is really unpacking the past and Mm -hmm. In doing that, it's really addressing the things that I may have hidden or have been ashamed of to think, oh, what's so-and-so going to think? But to your point exactly, it's I'm not going to stay concerned with what they're going to think. And me being authentically myself Mm -hmm. really shines through and it helps attract the people that I want to be around, attract the places where I want to go, like even traveling, like you're saying, hopefully I'll be in Mexico a few weeks from now. 
for the nice. first time and and um, be able to enjoy that. And I just found it, I just find it very, um, what's the word? I guess another thing that came out of the conversation was talking about the law of attraction. So it's like yeah. the energy you put out, the things you think about, that's what you, you draw to you. So lo and mm-hmm. behold, having a conversation yesterday, and then talking to you and of course like the same beats kind of come through in the conversation the same yeah. like the law of attraction the law of gravity the laws of nature i guess they they're not something that you can bend and i guess it's something right. that works good bad and indifferent where it's just sometimes things just happen that are not at, in your control and you just have to roll with the punches that's right and that's and that opens the door for another story right, right. Those challenges help unlock other people's prison. There's people that are in prisons in their mind Mm -hmm. because of shame, because of what they may think their family may think of them. But if I were to come out and say, hey, I'm from Los Angeles, California. I was gang affiliated. I was this. I did this. I did that. You know what? But that was all a part of my story. I've Mm -hmm. I've been through some serious challenges from that. Um, I cried and boohoo about it. But you know what? I I refuse to stay there. Mm -hmm. I refuse to stay there mentally, right? Because I have to keep growing, especially when I have little people that I'm raising. I don't want anyone that um, that come in my path mm-hmm. that feel like they have to be subjective to their story. Their story is going to help unlock somebody else's prison in their mind. I share, I'm unlocking something. Somebody's like, ah, I get it. I see where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Right. Like that means so much to me because there's a lot of broken people who are broken in here, you know, mm-hmm. but they put on a facade on the outside and then they wonder why the success is not coming or why they can't find the the perfect job or the relationship. Well, there's some things that you have locked up mentally, right? And so you spoke on um, laws of attraction. You attract what you think, you know, mindset is powerful. So if I'm constantly thinking negativity all the time, that's the type of energy that's coming my way all the time, right? But if I can think myself rich and know that I'm successful and I will be this traveling person all over the world and um, only have five dollars in my bank account like that's the crazy mindset but you want to attract the people that comes to your circle that be like hey you know what i'm looking to travel such and such such and such do you want to mm-hmm. go like right. it just be random things like that that will happen uh, mm-hmm. to me and other people that i know just by changing the way you think and how you process so gotcha. that's a big 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 point laws of attraction is big yeah <laughs> that's awesome uh I guess not to take a hard left turn, but kind of in in the same vein, um, looking at where we are now to where you may have been last year around this time, um, Mm -hmm. what would you say you gained from the year of 2020? Uh, in the year of 2020, I learned to accept challenges. I learned to accept, you know, we always wake up and say, oh, it's going to be a great day. I want a great day. Um, to not get discouraged in in the wilderness. You Mm. know, that's what 2020 taught me, to not be discouraged in the wilderness because there's going to always be days like that, right? Right. But I have to continue to blossom. I got to continue to shine even when it's uncomfortable, right? 2020 made everyone uncomfortable. No one knew this was coming. We can never predict the future, right? right? But once we knew it was there and we were all confined and we had to quarantine, it was a whole nother world. I learned to embrace it. And it taught me to look deep 
deeper into Carla and to focus on now, are you only going to celebrate when it's good? Are you going to celebrate or you're not going to celebrate when it's bad? So Mm -hmm. I learned with my children, I'm like, look, this is still a great opportunity for us to probably get to know each other more because our household was so busy, dropping off, picking up. You know, I got a college student in Pennsylvania. Um, My uh, now 11 year old, he didn't know how to jump rope. He did not know how to He's like, how do you, but that gave an opportunity to open up opportunities, right? To Mm -hmm. slow it down. You don't know how to jump rope? Okay, I got you. Let's go get a jump rope. You're going to learn how to jump rope today. Like, it's just little things like that, but it made a big thing for him because he's like, I never knew how to do it. I always see the girls jumping rope and I just didn't get it. And it just didn't click. But, you know, so him learning how to jump rope taught me how to slow down, taught me how to be more um, in tune uh, with my my children, even with um, my business, um, just slowing it down. And um, I think 2020, I don't look at it any kind of ill or hate or anything about it. I was so thankful for 2020 and for 2021 and the many years to come. Um, that's the mindset I've learned to stay in and to really um, always stay in the, in the, uh, the state of service. Mm. I've learned to always stay in the state of service, even though I may not get paid for this or get paid for that. But the world truly opens up for you when you stay in that mi- in that mindset of service. So that's what I did. I continue to stay in service. I donated here. I gave here, even though I was like, man, 2020, what's up? You know, I'm working from home all the time now. Like these are prayers that people ask for, but or prayers that people ask for, or they didn't know how to say it. They were saying, oh, I'm so tired of working. Like you. <laughs> I I just look at 2020 like these are blessings that people ask for and we got it, right? Some people said they want to be home more, work from home. Some people wanted to be, you know, be home with their children. Someone wanted to be home to help an ailing family member. Like these are blessings or or, or requests that went up and we received them. And so now we received them and we're like, wait, what do we do? I can't travel. Like we panic, but right. I just learned I embraced it. I, I truly embraced it. I found fun in it. I got to meet man, uh, neighbors that I didn't even know, you know, that were having issues that I could have been pouring into. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm this, you know, conversations with Carla. I love having conversations and there's power in communication. So um, I just learned to always stay in the state of service and the world truly opens up. And so, and it did uh, 2020 was, daunting for many, but my 2021 has opened up tremendously. It's like those those prayers that I put in the ground, you know, seeds that I planted, helping mm-hmm. others, do, doing for others, just authentically from my heart. It's like the harvest is fabulous in 2021. And um, I'm ready for this year and the years to come. <laughs> awesome. And I, I guess another thing I guess you spoke to in that is really I kept hearing through and through is gratitude, like being aware of what you're what you have, also being aware of the moment um, of what you're facing mm-hmm. and choosing the good in it, choosing to see the good out of that and not dwelling mm-hmm. on 
I don't have this. I'm not getting this in the way that I want it. This could be better. Oh, like this, that or the other isn't going my way. It's like if you've put all your attention on those things, it would have made it would have made it a lot more difficult. And I, I know for myself, that's part of what I did. I was in the start of the year. It's like you start. I started on a high where it's like new job, new environment, new people, mm-hmm. different things like that. Trying to get two to three projects going off at the same time, which mm-hmm. of course I found out that's not very <laughs> that's not very intelligent. And um, right. I was kind of reminded of that by reading the one thing, um, the mm-hmm. book, the one thing by I think it's Grant Keller or Gary okay. Keller, maybe. But really, the focus there it's kind of doubling down on the eighty twenty rule, which is focusing your attention on one thing to get you the results that you you need um, throughout your life. And when you think about it, even something like the word priorities has been used over and over, maybe since like the 80s, or I don't know when priorities became a thing, but the Mm -hmm. origin of the word is priority. And when you put your focus on one priority, like everything else that I wanted to do just opened up. And it's like, ah, funny how that works. It's like you focus on knocking down the little domino and like the 10 foot domino that you thought was impossible. There's a time constraint on it or I don't know where the money's going to come from. It's like, it kind of shows up, but yeah, it's like a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of appreciation for where you're at and real focus yeah. on this is what I want to do with conviction. And that you're actually getting up and doing it, not grumbling and complaining goes a right. long way. It does. Gratitude. Um, gratitude unlocks abundance is what I tell everyone. It unlocks abundant uh, financially, health wise, you know, people like to look at abundance as money. You know, it's not always just money, right? The money will come when you have, when you tap into your, your purpose, your gift or your focus or whatever it is, whatever you need for that project, whatever you need to pay a bill, whatever it is, it will, it will come. You know, I learned not to, to worry about those things. I, I really don't. I don't worry about those things because they, they happen. Right. They happen. <laughs> It's funny, I I keep looking up and I'm trying to figure out, I just got this webcam, so I'm trying to look into the camera, but I'm trying to look Uh at my screen because I'm looking at you when you're talking. So I'm like, like, which way am I going? So just if if you're trying to figure out on your end, like, what's he looking at? Like, I'm looking at my computer screen that has you on it versus like, I'm not used to looking into the camera yet, or maybe it's not. position just right so okay i don't maybe that will help okay but yep everything's fine here (laughs) yeah this is how we learn right awesome but um, you mentioned the, the business earlier. Is it mm-hmm. um, strictly Carla Conversations or is there more going on in the background? Sure. So it's called Conversations with Carla. Um, and that's like the name of my business, Conversations with Carla. And I just I truly teach people to um, to not bury their story. Um, by me sharing my story and not only just with close friends and family, I also shared them in interviews. Um, I gave a, a show because I believe vulnerability goes a long way. I really do. I really believe that if people just share a little bit of themselves, I'm not saying, you know, give them the whole story, you know, about for me, for my, for, for, for my example, like giving them the whole story about me being gang affiliated, right? They don't mm-hmm. need to know the, the depths of that. 
but to let them know that there are there were challenges, but I prevailed, mm-hmm. right? And you want someone with that kind of mindset, with that type of uh, character trait working for you, because right. not only is she, you know, knocking down these deadlines, but she's not going to give up, right? Is what right. it shares with me when you be a little bit of, when you share a little bit of vulnerability. So once I started doing that, when I had, uh, I was in my law career, I retired from that uh, about 18, I was 18, 19 years as a paralegal. In my interviews, I would share that I was from Los Angeles, California, and I would get these big eyes, you know, your normal uh, type of Gallup interviews with people that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't want a somber story. I didn't want you to hire me because, oh, poor Carla was brought up this way. Da, 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 da. No, I found the, the points and the triggers that will, will prompt you to hire me because mm-hmm. you need someone like me right. is what I always tell my kids when they're in school or walking into a room where they're not being represented it, guess what? You need me and you need me there. I may be the only one, but you need me in your presence. And it's not to be arrogant, but right. it's to to let people to, to so it won't kill your confidence, right? right. Because you have some people who, who kind of shrink a little bit and mm-hmm. shrink meaning not being themselves and, and being confident in who they are. And so they'll shrink because of the peers that, you know, don't look like them. No, you hone that. Right. So I learned to hone my stories um, in my interviews. And I've received so many jobs, all because not even what's on the black and white, because we mm. know I got the education. We know we I sell up on my value and my experience, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that you don't need a degree to get any of these jobs. If you know how to speak up on your value and your right. experience, you could get any, any job mm-hmm. because that's what truly what employers want. They want someone who is, um, who is not afraid mm-hmm. and who can walk into, you know, in their own confidence and lead that position. So right. in a couple of the interviews that I had, people were like, I don't even want to go through your resume. I want to know a little bit more about you. Okay, bet. We got time, you know, because mm-hmm. they were so impressed to, to have someone in their presence that use their stories, that use their challenges and be thankful for those challenges that they went through to bring them on the table and to sell them, to sell that story, to get that position. Right. And I got all my jobs that way. Um, all my jobs that way. Um, I teach women now after reading, uh, I read a lot of books, but um, I learned statistically that 89% of men walk in the position, don't even have the, don't even have the skill set, don't yeah. even have, but they don't, but that's not a bad thing. It's just that unfortunately, some women like myself, I used to do this too, mm-hmm. would only look at the details of the job. Oh, I don't have that. I can't do this. I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to apply. Right. Well, you got 89% of men walking into positions with no skill set and they're so confident and they get the job. So why can't I have that same experience? So I, before reading that book, I walked, I had the same mindset. Mm -hmm. I was like, if Johnny can get that job, I can get this job too. And I'm not going to even throw color and all of that in it. Because again, if I, if I throw that out there, then that's what I'm going to attract. That's the energy. We know it's there, right? Right. I can't ignore that it's not there, but I I refuse to, especially if I'm hungry and I want this job and I know what it's going to pay and I want it, I'm not, I'm going to shift my mindset. 
that to, you know, not the negative and just say, you know what? You need me. And this is why. What this resume don't tell you or doesn't show you is my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'll start my interview. You got the paper because that's what you all expect for all your uh, interests, you know, interested parties for your for your position. Mm -hmm. But what that interview doesn't what that resume doesn't show you is my heart. And I'm here to to show you my heart. So it's that mindset that you do eventually, you know, you gain and you and you and I've taught a lot of women how to do this, even some men too, um, that you you can't look at the negative, man. Ugh. If you look at the negatives, you're going to get exactly what you ask for. If you yeah. say, I can't, I won't get it. You're right. You won't get it. Yep. The power of the mind, people, some people don't really get it. I know you get it. It's so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> the mind is so powerful. Like, wow. You know, like just be where I'm at today. It's like, okay, this is exactly what I asked for. This yeah. is exactly what I used to write down as a, as a kid. I want to have this. I want to be successful in this. I want to have that. I don't want to beg and borrow. Like these are things that I, I asked for and I'm getting it. So I teach in conversations with Carla, I teach you to have those conversations, to open up, to share a little bit of vulnerability, because when you share, then you, you, you develop that confidence. You truly do because you're like, you know what? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it was ugly, but look at me now. And that's that's what people want to hear. They want to hear those stories, those those redeeming stories, you know, redemptive stories of redeeming yourself. So, so yeah, Love that's that. how Carla, Conversations with Carla was started just by me being authentic in interviews and was like landing jobs, having several um, job opportunities coming after me. And I'm like, they didn't even, did they even look at my resume? You know, <laughs> you want to hire me? You gonna pay me this much? Right. Wow, that's awesome. You know, so that's that's where it all came from. And some. Gotcha. <laughs> so I mean, with that having so many jobs, do you? I guess do you treat them as like contract jobs or like um, on retainer, or do you do like the nine to five and then have um, conversations with Carla separate? So another thing, just to circle back to what else that 2020 did for me. So I told you I retired um, as a paralegal. I did that back in 2017, 2018. And I did that. I retired from that when I went to Haiti. I visited Haiti in 2016. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. 2016, 2017. And that's when I came back. I was like, oh, it's not about the money. Mm. It's not about Amer- America got it all wrong. Haiti has taught me so much still to this day. Yeah. Um, my kids will say, oh, here she goes. She's about to give you a Haiti story because it was that authentic and it was that plain. Like it was, it's not about the stuff. It's not about the money. It's like, it's about here. And Haiti taught me so much. So I said, I told my employer at the time, I said, here's my letter of uh, resignation. I'm sorry. And he said, I knew something different was coming. He said, your energy was different when you came back from Haiti. Like, wow, you felt that too? (laughs) He's like, yeah. And you don't even have to share any of your stories. I mean, he's like, I know you shared a little bit, but I can feel it. And I expected you to to resign because I know you found something greater. And I did. Um, So once I did that, um, I became a teacher. I started substitute teaching. I went back to school, got my master's in education. And like, okay. And then COVID hit in, mm-hmm. in March of last year. 
during our spring break, I was getting ready to apply for these, these teaching positions that I made friends or network with a lot of the principals in our school district and COVID hit. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to sit here for, for long. I know you have something else for me. And I know I'm capable of doing anything is my mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I did not want to fold under pressure. I did not want to fold um, under the fact that I won't be able to teach and do all these great things that I truly enjoy doing. But I know I knew my finances will be taken care of. And I mm-hmm. stayed in confidence in that. Um, I was given an opportunity to apply for an IT position. Who knew? Who would think Carla, of all people, apply for an IT position? IT is not me. Like I will call my husband. He's the IT guru in the house. He works in IT. That's him. I'm, I'm a communicator. Um, a lot of people in that industry don't like to communicate much. You know, a lot of them are, especially one I'm married say. to. Like, yeah, <laughs> the communication is just not their thing. And I'm like, I'm too much for IT. They're going to be like, ma'am, that's too much information. But um, I apply again, redeeming myself again, not looking at my experience because, you know, I didn't, I don't have IT experience. I got law, I have um, law experience and I have education experience. Mm. And then everything else is just a hustler mindset. I ended up landing the job and I'm still there and they're trying to get me to be a, a project manager for this and that but mm-hmm. I, I redeemed myself you know right. and I, I showed that I can can do anything and we can do anything if we kill that negative mindset I never knew I would be in IT yeah. Um, so IT is what I'm currently doing right now. And I'm just letting uh, the person above to lead my next steps. I mean, like the world is starting to open up and I really want to uh, get conversations with Carla more active, um, doing a lot of projects and such. And the world is opening up in that sense as, as, as well. So um, I hope that answered your question. I, yeah, I can did. chat, chat a little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. It did. And hopefully this is a, a launching point for this um for getting conversations with carla back up and going um yes because i think maybe this will be july or august when people see or hear this and okay. um for me myself i i started in uh, fall of 2019 i put out the first episode in october and it was just mm-hmm. having a conversation with a buddy of mine i met the year prior and just he was telling me his background about being a barber and i was like crap you know what i should be recording this because i've been sitting here <laughs> plotting and planning for the last two to three months and I've had yeah. this idea on my brain and I, I went to one of the um, ETA conferences I think it was oh, good. it was in Philly 2019 okay. and it, it was like coming off of I guess of a, I'll just call it a funk I, I, I really can't stand the word depression and I, I don't like the stigma attached to it but I know yeah. a lot of people go through it people get stuck and especially with the negative mm-hmm. thinking it's like you open the door in and let that in it's going to sit, it's going it to pull up a seat next to the fire, it sure it's going to put its it coat sure up, will. take off the hat or whatnot. And um, yeah, that, that stuck around a little bit too long. But in mm-hmm. listening to other podcasts like Joe Rogan, and especially one with Jordan Peterson, he's a mm-hmm. psychologist out of Canada. He really spoke to the heart of getting yourself together and taking on that personal responsibility where mm-hmm. many people, I think I've heard, a, um, I don't know what his rank was, but he, it was a some a military captain or someone higher up and he he gave a a talk to a graduation class 
And he was basically telling them, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And so many people always laugh at that because it's like, it's hard, or I guess we think it's hard to do the things that involve us. Like it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to make my bed. It seems so simple because like, no, I want to deal with the climate change. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, yeah, you can't do any of those things unless you set your house in order, unless you do what it is that you need to do for yourself. Like don't fool Mm -hmm. yourself into thinking. Now I'm just, I'm talking to myself, literally. Don't fool Mm -hmm. yourself into thinking that you're going to go save the world. That's where the term, it's like, what good is it that you save the world and lose your soul in the sense, or you lose yourself in the sense, because it's like having this idea of what you want to do, having these dreams and goals they're great but if you're not yourself then it's like what are you really doing like you're you're perpetrating you're telling a false story you're trying to hide the past away and it's like no people really want to know that because it's like once they know where you came from they know Mm -hmm. who they're talking to and who's talking to them 